Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Win the Day podcast. I genuinely appreciate every single one of you who are here listening right now. You all mean the absolute world to me. And today we are joined by my friend Angelo. Angelo is a recruiting leader um, and a self-leadership coach that is focused on tech and sales leaders taking back control of their time and finding peace and presence at home with their loved ones while still crushing it at work. Angelo began his career in recruiting before ultimately forming his own coaching and consulting company. I'm excited to have Angelo on do the incredible advice that he has to share, um, which is what we're going to be talking about today. So without any further ado, welcome to the podcast, brother. How are you doing today, Angelo? Dude, thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. It was great. Just randomly connecting with you on LinkedIn, uh, yeah. and you just shot your shot and reached out. And you know, I'm always happy to connect with with cool dudes and just getting a chance to you know share the story and you know give out some actionable tips to everyone. I love it. So I appreciate that intro. Of course, man. Of course, yeah. So I guess I just want to start this podcast off. Um, I know we've already connected before, but tell me a little bit about, you know, your story, you know, where you kind of started, where you're at now, um, just so our listeners can get a little bit better taste of, you know, where you come from. I don't know if we have enough time in this podcast for the full story, so I'll do my best <laughs> to get, give you the condensed version. Go for it. So for me, I'll, I'll talk about where it all started. And I was the class clown in high school. I was a kid who didn't really... Yeah, we'll just say I didn't do my dog get my homework a lot. <laughs> that, that was my style. But I always had a passion for sales and, you know, just building relationships, you know, communicating with people, being around them. So in college, I had stumbled across my major of choice. It wasn't until my junior year, communication studies. It had a business flair to it. And in college, I was also working 100% sales, 100% commission sales role. Young kids dream working at Sears, home appliances, selling washers, just washers, fridges, all that stuff. So as a 18, 19, 20 year old, I mean, I'm making 13, 14 bucks an hour, which, you know, today doesn't sound like much, but I mean, this was, you know, 13 years, 15 years ago or whatever. So, I mean, that was like big money back then. Mm -hmm. So I loved it. I knew I was going to get into sales and my major, I actually had classes that were geared specifically like towards business and communication style for that. And it wasn't a sales major, but all of those classes directly correlated to sales. So that's when I actually started taking school seriously. I did not my first couple of years, but I yeah. had a professor that like really heard and saw me. And she realized like I was the only one in class that had, you know, a, a job that really correlated closely to what we're doing. So she just started picking on me in a good way. And she really brought my experience out and, and helped me realize dang, okay, I do have a lot of valuable experience to bring. And I just wanted to get to work. Like I, I wasn't, yeah. you know, it's it's not like comm studies, some fancy specialized degree. I knew I'd go into sales. And my wife had uh, the choice between going to school in New York in like the city or in the Philly area. And we ended up here in Philly and I stumbled across recruiting. I, again, knew I wanted to do sales, but, you know, recruiting, I said, well, well what the heck is recruiting and what's staffing? I had no idea. I saw this company called Aerotech at a job fair. So I looked into them and everything about recruiting just, just pulled me into it. Cause it was, mm -hmm. you know, a high production industry. Like you didn't, it's, you know, commission based, very high ceiling. It's, you know, uncapped commissions. And in a way people are the product and you never run out of people. Right. Especially in a, in a hot industry, like I fell into tech. So 
I got all the way to the uh, final job shadow round with that company and got rejected. And I was like, oh no. And then <laughs> I got a I got a call from a company called the Judge Group literally like the next week. I interviewed there, crushed it. My boss at, you know, now, now you know, like I, I ended up working there for nearly 11 years. Yeah. And it was a phenomenal time. And nobody goes to school to become a recruiter, but why I thrived in it because it just blended all of my strengths in one that I was, I was a high achiever and I wanted to just do the best I could. I was an athlete. So gave me that competitive outlet at work. And I also did things outside of work and it didn't matter if you were there for 10 months or 10 years, like you wanted respect. You just had to work hard and get that number next to your name. Now there comes issues with that, right? Where you tie your self-worth into money and, you know, everything like that, which, you know, we could talk about later, but I really thrived and things really started taking off in 2016 when I got into leadership. Cause that was like my true calling that yeah. I was produced. I was a, I was a top 10 producer, but I always wanted my team to succeed. And I wanted them to succeed more than I wanted to succeed myself. So I would do anything I could to lift them up. I never wanted to be the guy that was winning at a sacrifice of my team. And my boss saw that. So that's when he you know, asked me, hey, I was in sales at the time. And he said, do you want to come back to recruiting? We could really use a leader. You're already leading the team. Let's be honest. Let's make it official. Come back to recruiting just kind of quote unquote, prove yourself again for a couple months and then we'll make the switch because there was another recruiting leader still in the role. Yeah. Um, so awkward switch um, and they they put me in it and that's when I just, I loved it. And you know, that it's everything though, we'll just really hyper fast forward. I loved leading and coaching and that's what kept me going to work every day. I, I started to get burnout. Like in 2019, I really started getting burnout just from, constantly being on, you know, constantly like money never sleeps, they say. So it's like, you're always checking emails. You're always trying to close deals. It doesn't matter if you're on vacation. It took me 10 years into my career to actually go more than 24 hours without checking my email. Yeah. And yeah. then it was another, like another year until I went more than 24 hours. <laughs> you know, I went like three days one time and it was, you know, that was just, you know, not sustainable. And I knew I had to, to make a leap. I had told myself I wanted this national role. I had written it down for like the last two years. I was ready for it. I was leading my team size during COVID went from like seven to 10 people leading the tech team. And I started running this project where it was insane. It was in the mortgage space, had no experience working in that space at all, but I saw an opportunity. My boss was, you know, he kind of, he got this project and I was the delivery arm for it. So he basically gave me the keys and I ran with it. And our team, you know, we had to pull recruiters from like all over the company. We hired contract recruiters. So ultimately 30 to 40 people were like directly and indirectly like me, like they were mm -hmm. coming at me and we didn't have this practice set up. So like I had to help build the foundation and it ended up being a multi-million dollar engagement for the company. And we, wow. it was over, over $3 million that we closed in, in revenue, very high margin stuff too. So it really was meaningful to the company. So they saw that they had made a, a role that was basically what I was doing, just making it an official title with more responsibilities nationally. And I didn't even apply because I kept asking myself for what and why I had the money. I had a house, I had cars, like we didn't have debt, but I'm missing family time. I'm always stressed. I'm always just like getting frustrated. 
I'm taking everything at work was being taken care of. Like I always produced, I was always like top notch, calm, cool, collected. But then at home, you know, it's starting to come out in like little microaggressions. I'm like, this isn't now, like I can't do this. And, you know, it was really twisting my stomach to think about me not even applying for this role. But I, you know, ultimately landed on freedom and family. It was the most important things to me. And I already sacrificed enough of that. So if I were to take on this role, I would have just had to blow that up. And I I would have had more money, you know, even, you know, better title, more responsibility, everything I thought I wanted. And when I, you know, passed the deadline, I get a call from the executive VPs, like, did I trust enough to talk openly with? And he said, hey, why didn't you apply? Like, you know, we made that for you, right? And I said, look, you know, here's the deal. And in a very nice, calm, professional way, I explained what I just did to you about freedom and family. And I'm just not willing to sacrifice that. And like also my mental health, I was like, I'm already burnt out, like tra- totally transparent. Like I'm not taking something I could do it, but it's, it's not, it's not me. Like that's yeah. not what I want anymore. And then I realized I was on a corporate ladder. I didn't care to climb anymore. And I, I, you know, I love the company, love the people. Literally it was just texting to my buddies that worked there yesterday and about six months after that i had made my exit because i i talked myself out of running my own shop like not recruiting but i wanted to get into you know coaching and you know open yeah. like a fitness fitness studio and i talked myself out of it don't have enough time money experience all that stuff and i make too much money why would i walk away well so i set my intentions on finding a new opportunity for leadership to just get out of my comfort zone start something completely from scratch and I found that in a really good company. I found an amazing, amazing, amazing leader that like she sold me on. I'm, I'm leaving for you, like not that company, like I'm leaving for you. Well, she got like a four days before Christmas, my first year. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm not in Kansas anymore. Opened me up to all like the politics and everything that really was there. And, you know, the business wasn't there. So ultimately I got let go last summer, but I had already had plans to like do my own thing this year. So it just accelerated the timeline. So when I got the call to say, today's your last day, I was like, okay, great. Tomorrow's day one. I'm starting yeah. a business. That's yeah. it. And I haven't, I haven't looked back since. So that's the, seriously, the, the long story short to get yeah. me where, um, yeah. I love that, man. Um, and I love that, you know, this whole journey that you've been on, you realized the strengths that you had to succeed, like going into recruiting um, and like going into leadership, you understood that you love to coach people and you loved kind of like that communication aspect. And I think that a lot of people, you know, kind of miss that and they like kind of will go into a career just for the money. Um, And I definitely think that, you know, definitely do something that, is tailored to your strengths and what you're good at, what you're passionate about. And I love that. Um, so now that you have, you know, this coaching and consulting business, what have been, you know, some challenges that you face so far? Figuring it all out on your own. <laughs> yeah, That's the, the biggest <laughs> challenge because you have to be every, everything. Now, as a recruiter, I believe it prepared me very well for this business because as an agency recruiter, which I was, I wasn't in, in house somewhere. I was a yeah. hunter yeah, to, to make that, to make that very clear. Yeah, exactly. So there was no leads handed to me. There was yeah. no 
fancy jobs from companies. Like I'm not selling like a full-time role. It was very heavy contract based too. I did some, some permanent placements as well. I had to not only find the candidates that were the right fit, I had to get them on the phone. So I had to do my own marketing, my own sales pitches. I closed my deals. I negotiate with candidates. I also did, I also had relationships with clients from my sales, you know, life there for a couple of years. So like, I also led like sales team, like uh, not, I didn't lead sales teams, but like I had my own accounts too on mm-hmm. top of recruiting plus leadership. So I was very unique there that I, I was already used to wearing like multiple hats and nobody's been picking. Hat. Yeah, exactly. Nobody's <laughs> and the hat I'm wearing right now, a little plug for my friend. It's Duco uh, Kofi. If you don't follow him, uh, this is, is an amazing hat. So we'll, uh, we'll plug that in the comments too. I got to let him know I wore this uh, cool. the pod, but you know, I, you know, all those hats is is just like I'm doing now, but the only difference is I don't have that consistent paycheck. So that is the biggest yeah. struggle because as a dad with two kids and a wife who doesn't have that entrepreneurial mindset, which is fine, like that's the biggest challenge is trying to find that alignment between, hey, like when to hit the gas, when not to, when to pivot. And I'm in that pivot point now where I have a well-established, you know, brand. I feel like it's evolving. It always mm-hmm. will be. And 100%. It's okay to not have it all figured out. But if I look back seven months ago, I look back and say, oh my gosh, you did all that and had literally no experience doing this and just from scratch. And I'm I'm insanely proud of myself. I consider myself very successful. If you rate it by monetary success, dude, certainly not yet, but I'm a, I'm a new business and it's evolving and I'm just learning new things every day. So that's the biggest challenge is just having that ability to not allow the pressure of the financial stress come in. Now, I'm very fortunate to have worked my tail off where I have a healthy savings where I'm not in panic mode and I won't be for any time soon, but it doesn't mean I don't want consistency. So that's why I'm pivoting a little bit like with my offerings and also mm-hmm. just me you know, with my consulting work where I don't even really advertise that, but I'm taking that on. So it's just that that's a challenge is betting on yourself and and knowing that you you just have to feel the fear and do it anyways. Yeah, totally. That's it. Like plain totally. plain and simple. Yeah. Well, you're on the journey, man. And yeah, I, I'm here to support you 100 percent And I know like you're gonna do big things one day. It's just you gotta keep pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I kind of want to get into a little bit more about you know, kind of what you teach to um, the people that you're coaching. So like many people within, you know, a sales environment are experiencing a lot of stress, anxiety, Mm -hmm. burnout. Um, How do you kind of help them create, you know, sustainable habits without resorting to that burnout or that stress? Yeah. Yeah. So every minute we sit in a state of stress, fear, worry, doubt, anxiety, judgment, guilt, which is basically living in the sales pit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, outside of you, you get you get that closed deal, then you're feeling really good. That's not that's not the real you. You're not making quality decisions. You're not putting out your best effort. You're not putting out the best energy. And that all revolves around mindset. So to me, mindset is absolutely everything. Now it's very interconnected with our physical fitness, our nutrition, everything. But ultimately, none of those sustainable habits are ever going to stick unless you work on your mindset first and understand, number one, what makes you tick? 
So you understand your triggers and you understand your motivators and the why behind that. Like mm-hmm. we all have this, we all have this voice in our head. It's the judge or the inner critic. I talk about it a lot. And that inner critic is the one who is, you know, you lose that deal or you, you know, it's month to month basically in your production. So it the the clock resets or on recruiting, literally it's every single day, yeah. you know, that, that the clock resets and like, okay, I got to get more calls. I got to get more candidates submitted. I got to get more people in my pipeline. So it's, can I even do it? You know, even when you have a record month, you have that voice that says, ah, like, dude, Angela, like someone's going to find out that you're just getting lucky and you're a fraud and you're not, you're not even good enough. Like you just lost that deal or, you know, you said the wrong thing. Like, how could you do that? And ultimately that that's our inner critic that I teach people that that's just a safety mechanism. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there, there's people out there that say, Oh, you got to like fight those voices. You got to like go to war with it. And that's so far from the truth. It's not even funny. Like our brain, our brains are hardwired for survival, first of all. So it's wants to keep us safe and how it keeps us safe is to keep us in that little comfort zone that we have. So when we push out of it, it's like, Oh, you're about to, you know, lose something you really care about. And it could be, you know, respect or, you know, money or, you know, a relationship. And it's like, Oh, like tells us all these lies to like push us back. And we have things like the perfectionist, like, Oh, like I can't put this work out unless like everything is perfect. I got to review it five times. I got to get it edited by someone else. Like I can't do it. If I don't like that was just garbage, you that's know, something beat, I yourself, gotta work beat on. yourself up. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's self-sabotage dude. Yeah. Like to a T and because there is no such thing as perfection. So I really help people just understand how that voice operates in our head. What is it? Why it's there? You know, figure out those main triggers. And then we dive really deep on that and understand that we can change, you know, our thoughts ultimately dictate our results. Mm -hmm. So a lot, a lot of people talk about action, but you know, so it's like, Hey, create this new routine. It's like, well, you can't create that routine unless you address your beliefs and your thought patterns, because when we believe something, it creates thoughts and the beliefs are the filter for all of our thinking. And it goes beliefs, thoughts, then you have thoughts, create feelings, and then you have actions and you have results. Yeah. So like if you're not going to the gym or you're not hitting your numbers, it, you know, like we could, we can backtrack it from there and say like, well, well, what do you believe? Like maybe you believe that these KPIs are just totally trash or stupid. They don't even matter. So now your feeling is you're just like frustrated that you have to hit these KPIs. You're like angry at it because they're stupid. Well, your action is you kind of rebel and it's like, well, I'm going to do it my way. And I don't need to hit those 50 phone calls. Like that's just stupid. So whatever, I'm just going to hit like 20 and that's fine. And as a result, you're not getting all the, you know, the outcomes that, you know, is desired by the company or you, and you can, you can rebel all you want, but you know, say a lot of these companies, like the numbers are the numbers because they've tested it and proven it honestly. And when, especially when you're, on the early side of your career, you just got to trust the process and trust the numbers until Mm -hmm. you become a little more seasoned. Like I would coach my teams. I'm like, look, until you have figured it out on your own, work the plan. Like that's it. Like the plans in front of you, it is the recipe. Don't mess with it. Just follow it to a T trust it every day. And then, then we'll work on refining it, but it's addressing that like mindset, like 
can like just like locking it in. So a perfect example I give people in sales and to really hit home how our thoughts create feelings is and circumstances are neutral. That's that's the big thing. So a circumstance is a fact that is cannot be disputed in a court of law. So like if I say it's you know hot outside, that's not a fact. It, the the fact is like it's eighty degrees. But to somebody who lives in like the desert, that's like the summer or that's like the winter to them. But you know mm-hmm. you know someone lives living in like Alaska, they're like, oh my gosh, like that's like that's like so hot. It's crazy. It's like no, it's it's seventy five degrees. So like imagine this in recruiting. This has happened more than once. You talk to a candidate on a Friday and they're all set to start on Monday. And then you show up Monday morning and you get a call from the client to say, hey, John didn't show up to work today. And then what happens? You get anxious. You get frustrated, maybe angry. You may start like questioning like, oh, like, you know, that guy, this and that. And, you know, or, or blaming yourself. Okay. Well, if John didn't show up and the client didn't call you until Tuesday, you, but it still happened. You had zero feelings about it, right? Mm-hmm. But it happened. So it's not until you actually learn about that circumstance and then you insert your beliefs and thoughts about it, which then are giving you that feeling, action, result. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. So I think, really just dive deep in all that. I think it like everything starts like up here with your belief mm-hmm. system and your thoughts, like, Whenever I wake up, so I go to the gym, um, try to go to the gym every day at like 6 a.m. Me and um, my roommate and one of my other buddies, um, nice. we go at 6 a.m. Um, as consistently as we possibly can. But there are some days where it's like yeah. it all starts up here. And if you don't have the mental capacity to like actually get up and want to go to the gym, I don't know. It all starts with your belief system. And that's just like not with not with just like in business, but in every aspect of life, whatever you want to like manifest or become, it all starts up here. And you just need to start like because start changing the way you think, because that's going to change how you act. And that's how you're Mm -hmm. going to, you know, develop the life that you want to have. And I think you're completely right on um, all of the stuff that you just said. Um, but for those who are, you know, start, want to start a, you know, service-based business, kind of like what you're doing, what advice, um, do you have based on like your experience building, um, your self-leadership coaching business? Like what advice would you have for Mm -hmm. someone who's trying to build something like that? So I have three words that can sum it all up, but I'll expand on it. It's very simple. Just do it. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. Like everyone wants to have everything figured out. They Mm. want to have all the experience. They want to feel good enough. They want to feel credible. But you know, what I've heard over and over again is like credibility is in the results. That's it. Everything else is just sales and marketing. I saw it on a a LinkedIn post a, a couple of days ago too. So you're not going to know and and you're going to make mistakes. So it's, you know, you have to redefine what you consider success and you also have to redefine failure. And, you know, failure to me is always just a a learning opportunity or a lesson. And I like to say failure is success in disguise because it's teaching me, like it's giving me feedback on like what's not working. And then I need to pivot, adjust, learn a new skill, whatever. 
but the hardest part is just getting started. So simply yeah. saying, just do it. I've challenged some people recently where they're like, well, you know, I don't have like a brand and, you know, I don't have this and that, you know, I don't advertise anything. I'm like, look, you know, your business in the beginning is, you know, it's a low hanging fruit. Like it's probably going to be friends, relatives, friends of friends, coworkers, something like whatever you want to do. Like you are always one step ahead of somebody. So yeah. just find, find that person who you are one step ahead of. And, you know, maybe you want to be, you know, maybe you do want to be a coach of some sorts, like, and you know, just go find somebody that, you know, you're ahead of and just say like, Hey, you know, go like, I'm thinking about launching a, you know, a coaching business and here's what I'm looking to help people with specifically. I believe I can help you. What do you yeah. think? And be prepared for them to say, ah, you know, I don't know. Like, not really sure. I'm not really into, you know, hiring a coach or whatever. And that's okay. Like, okay, do no problem. Who do you, who do you, who do you know that I could, you think I should talk to? I really mm -hmm. want to get this going. Like, I'm really excited about it and you don't have to advertise anything. So just then that way, like those repetitions you put in, just like sales, every no you get is closer to a yes. Yep. And you kind of get that like rejection immunity, so to speak. And also it gives you those results because mm -hmm. it can give you that ability to say, Hey, like, I've done it like me, dude, I've been coaching for years, just not in an official coaching capacity, but as a leader, you know, coaching is a, is one of my main modalities of leadership. And that's where I really thrived. And also like candidates, I was kind of like a career coach in a way, like all the time. So I've, I've done this, but I didn't have, you know, the results, so to speak from paid clients. So as I started getting those paid, you know, those results and paid clients, you know, my confidence just kept going up. So now I know I'm super confident. Like whoever wants to work with me, if I get them, like, I know I can help them, you know, assuming they're the right fit, you know, mutually, mm. like I'm totally confident in that. But, you know, as a new provider, you got to try and stand out, you know, from the rest and it's hard. So, you know, just, you got to give yourself that ability to just, you know, it, it takes a while to like really ramp up. So, yeah, you know, I, I would say like, probably don't go all in, you know, me, I chose to go all in because when I lost my full-time job, I said, I'm never, I'm never gonna have a better opportunity. Let's do it. But yeah. I would, I was actually looking to do both at the same time and then scale slowly. So I could test on the side, not worry about it, like make good money, like incorporate. And then when the time was right to just fully go all in, because it gives you that unique container of the time constraint of having a full-time job. You're like, all right, well, if I want to do my side hustle, I only have this amount of time and I mm -hmm. got to get it done. So all distractions got to go bye-bye and I got to be like hyper-focused and just pour all my energy into this. Yeah, totally. And I love all the points that you brought up. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely think that, you know, for someone who wants to start their own kind of, you know, coaching business, side hustle, whatever it is, um, I definitely think that putting yourself out there is extremely, extremely crucial. Um, whether not, not saying like creating like a bunch of content or anything, but just like yeah. reaching out to people, getting your name out there and just like showing initiative that you want to like start something. Um, yep. because that's kind of where I started. Um, for me, building this brand that I'm trying to build. I started just by connecting with five people every single day on LinkedIn and nice. um, hopping on just like 
coffee chats with them and, you know, asking them a bunch of questions, learning different things, seeing like what I kind of wanted to do, because at the time that I was doing this, I was like, oh my gosh, like I know, I knew I wanted to go into sales, but I had no clue like what I wanted to do within the space. And that gave me a lot of clarity and also just gave me a lot of like cool connections to be able to reach out to and, you know, be able to nurture um, that relationship. But I would also just say like staying consistent, like that is once 100%. you start, just stay as consistent as you possibly can. It's not going to be like, you're not going to win the lottery in the first, the first day, like that's just not realistic. Um, I've been building my brand for about a year now and like, I'm still not where I want to be. And, but if I like look back at where I am right now compared to a year ago, like I feel so much more successful than like I ever could have been. Um, just because like I've stayed consistent and I don't know. I just think consistency is super important. And a hundred percent. They say it's uh, so I was taught this in a leadership training uh, probably five, six years ago. They drilled home. It's progressive improvement is better than delayed perfection. Yeah. So just do it. Cause all those small steps, all that consistency, like I will take consistency over intensity all day, every day. Cause what happens when you sprint, you get tired. Like you're not going to sprint five miles you got to slow down. You got to, you got to walk it. You got to run at a jog or, you know, you can do a faster pace sometimes. Sometimes you got to sprint, but you can't, you can't just sprint through life. You got to rest and recover. You can only perform, you know, as hard as you recover, but it's, you know, small daily action over time equals massive results. And, and, and many people give up though, like, because they're not getting results quickly, right? Like, yeah. you know, people go into the gym and, you know, it's the whole new year's revolution thing. They go in, you know, two, two weeks and yeah. they're not seeing results. They're like, well, I don't get it. Like my biceps don't look bigger. I still got this belly on me. I still like feel gross. <laughs> and cause they're still eating like crap, but they think going to the gym for like 48 minutes will change and like totally kudos to them for like showing up, but then they give up because they don't see results. So that's the same in business, just in life, any new habit, like it's that compound effect. And, we don't track our wins. Like yeah. you just said it. Like if you look back a year ago, like you're so much more successful now and you're not where you want to be. And the important thing to realize is that you will never, ever, ever be where you want to be because the, the yeah. moment you feel that I always was like that. I was waiting for that moment to arrive. I was a big destination guy, but as a high achiever, which is a inner critic, you know, sets these lofty goals and like you get it to be more and do more to get this validation from like money titles, all that stuff, accomplishments that the destination always changes. It's like, well, yeah, so I made a hundred K, but I should have made 110 this year. So let's set it at 125 and, and like, eh, now nah, like better be 150 and then, you know, 200, like yeah. it just always changes. Yeah. And, you know, like, like business now, like I am not where I want to be, but if I, you know, Angelo from seven months ago would say, Oh, like you've actually brought in like thousands of dollars in revenue. And yeah. like it's, you know, people are really inspired and like you're doing good things. And like when you get up to bat, you're crushing it. But you got a lot of work to do, dude. And just that's yeah, it's just it's you gotta stay in the game, man. You can't you yeah. can't lose a game. You can't lose a game that you stay in. But here's here's an important thing too, is to Sometimes you got to quit, not give up. Giving up and quitting is something that I didn't realize that distinction 
between it was like in this last two years it really quit or really clicked because you know some like society too and like it's just beat into us like never give up never give up never quit never quit like always go harder but sometimes honestly you may be like i just don't like this anymore like i it's not me either i don't like this business i don't like this job just this path isn't me whatever it's okay to quit something if it doesn't align with who you are anymore and your ultimate goals and vision and what you stand for because you're not giving up right you're just you're quitting to then put your energy somewhere else now giving up is different where it's just like you know uh whatever like i guess i'll just you know not do this anymore and you're giving up out of pure like you're succumbing to those like low points but you really do like it it's just that you're in a low energy mode and you're like, Oh, whatever, man, I guess I just can't do this anymore. He sucks. You know, but you really want it. That's giving up, but quitting's totally different, man. Totally yeah. different. I love that you brought that up. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like it kind of has a misconception, um, like both of those, but glad you brought that up. And, you know, if it's not like what you want to do anymore, then don't do it. Go figure yeah. it out. And that's something like for younger people like me, I'm always a big believer in saying yes to things until you find that one thing that, you know, is super um, important to you and what you want to do. So, you know, if you're young, younger like me, definitely make sure to say more, say yes to more things. Um, yeah, because you never know sure. what you'll end up enjoy doing. But um, Angelo, those are all of the questions I have for you today. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and taking time out of, out of your day to drop some exceptional self-leadership value to me and the listeners. It has been a pleasure discussing all of the great things you've been working on, your coaching program, your story, and just everything that we talked about. thought we had a great discussion. And to my listeners, I hope you all got something out of this episode. Please save and subscribe if you enjoyed it. I hope you all have a great rest of your week. Remember to win the day. Peace. Love it. See y'all.